the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. The Arizona Diamondbacks just finished up a game in Miami. They take the first game of the series. As a whole, I think we're pleasantly surprised that the Diamondbacks pitching has been very strong, and that's mostly due to one person. Welcome back to the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Co- Cody Fincher. Why are you looking at me like that? We haven't done this in a really long time, it I feels know. like. I know. I got sick last week, full disclosure. Your I missed immune it. system was compromised. I missed one day of work, and it <laughs> threw me back a whole week. Trooper. So here we are, uh, back on the Ain't No Fang podcast. The Diamondbacks still rolling. Um, a win today, I don't think it means a ton in the grand scheme of things, but something that we saw today really reflects a topic that you and I wanted to touch on. Zach Allen goes today goes well i forget what the final line was i think it was like six and a third maybe or six and two thirds um ends up giving up two runs which technically he earned although they were given up by noe ramirez from the bullpen so pitching has been very strong for the diamondbacks but i do want to preface it by saying this um i i put the numbers together before the game today so Gallon had a pretty good outing today, so let's just assume the so numbers don't numbers change. So your numbers are much. wrong now. <laughs> no, I mean, they're going to be a little different than yeah. actual. But this yeah. is before today's game. The Diamondbacks are tenth in the league in ERA. Their sixth fewest home runs given up at only seventeen, and their starting pitching in particular has been really strong. The bullpen, not, not so good. <laughs> starting pitchers though, fourth lowest batting average against at two hundred one. That's pretty good. And their starters have the second-best ERA in baseball at 2.60 before today's game. Bullpen, not so good. Ninth, uh, the whole team is ninth in walks, so they're actually walking a bunch of guys even though they're not giving up as many runs. This team has the least amount of strikeouts in all of Major League Baseball at only 148 This is the today. bullpen you're talking about? This is about? actually the whole or it's team. all of them. Okay, okay. The bullpen ERA is fourth worst, and the bullpen batting average against is the worst. At 272. Oh, good. So uh, while I do want to preface it by saying that the starters have been great, uh, the team overall, much better than last year. And a lot of that is, is you know, the bullpen, too, is probably not the back-end guy. I mean, Kennedy has given up his fair share of runs so far. I think his ERA was in the fours. Mark Melanson has been really good. Yes. Honestly, though. he He's pitched in eight innings. So 1.13 ERA, 1.25 whip. He's got four saves, so he's pitching really well. Um, he's, I think, on the injured list right now. Uh, I'm but, like ninety percent sure it's COVID. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't designate an injury for him when they put him on the injured list, and that's usually something that all teams do. So I mean, and I still think they don't have to disclose if it's COVID or not if the player doesn't want people to know. I don't know. It's you know HIPAA laws and whatever, but. Um, it's probably COVID. Um, I haven't heard anything else since then. But, yeah, Mark Melanson's been really good so far. Um, Zach Gallon's been great. Honestly, all the starting pitchers, they still have that kind of, like, one spot in the rotation where it's – right now it's Humberto Castellanos that's filling that spot right now. For a minute it was Gilbert. It was Gilbert. It was supposed to be Luke Weaver. Um, Originally it was Caleb, Caleb Smith. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like it to be Corbin Martin, but they seem to want him in the bullpen or in AAA. I don't know. He got sent down for like a, a minute, a day, and then yeah. they called him back up. And then today they sent they uh, they DFA'd. Uh, Who they DFA'd today? It wasn't Oliver Perez. Matt Davidson. It? Matt Davidson. They, well, they did get rid of Oliver Perez. They that released was a couple him. days. They ago, DFA'd yeah. him, then released him from the roster. But they today they DFA'd Matt Davidson, and they sent down um, Taylor Widener. Taylor Widener. Yeah, thank you. Because uh, rosters, the rosters have to shrink. Yeah, yeah, go down from twenty eight to twenty six. But um, yeah, so like there's still that one because Zach Davies. Zach Davies has been okay, slightly below average. Yeah, he's just. He's, I think I saw his ERA plus is ninety. He's allowing too many hits, um, yep. but he's a contact guy, so that's going to happen with contact guys sometimes. Um, but I mean, so what's been the contributing factor to this? Like Merrill Kelly, we have to talk about Merrill Kelly. He's the new ace of the oh club. Oh my god, Merrill Kelly has been ridiculous. Ridiculously good. I I just I have to look up his numbers really quick. A one point two seven ERA. You already have them. A one point zero two WHIP. Man, those are the base numbers. Gallon. He and Gallon have good. the same ERA after today's game in Miami. 
1.27. And Kelly's got more starts because yeah, Gallon's, Gallon's was behind injured. schedule. Yeah. Man, Merrill Kelly, dude, at first I was like, I mean, are they really, they're really going to keep Merrill Kelly? It's not a bad deal or anything that they gave him this offseason, but I was like, okay, that's fine. Merrill Kelly has been their best pitcher this year. It's not even close. Mad Bum has been really good, too. 1.17. He's been great. The problem with Madison Bumgarner this year so far is he's throwing too many pitches, and he's not getting past the fifth. Well, and guys are hitting the ball. He's got... He doesn't have swing and miss stuff anymore. No, because I was looking at the strikeout-to-walk ratios, and Merrill Kelly's was really good. I think it was like 3.5 to 4, whereas Bumgarner's was like 1.5. So he is not striking out a ton of dudes. They're making good contact on him. He's just getting outs, yeah. which is which is fine. I mean, if that's the way he's got to be at this point in his career, then I, I get that. Bumgarner, it's it's fifteen strikeouts to eleven walks. Yeah, not that great. So not special. He, he's not he's not strike, but but opposing teams are only hitting one eighty three against him. Yeah, that's awesome. He's just walking too many guys. He's yeah. throwing too many pitches. Well, I told you the stat. I mean, the the team. Where was it? Uh... The Diamondbacks as a team are ninth in the league in walks, seventy-eight total. So they're they're walking a lot of guys. Yeah, they are, um, and that's something I'm sure they will want to change. But soon. their ERA is still tenth. Sure. So they're, it, they're putting guys on base and getting out of it, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of this has to do with Brent Strom, the new pitching coach this year. Um, I he's been a huge difference. Um, of course, he spent all that time in Houston where they had ridiculous pitching talent. Um, Verlander, Cole, Charlie Morton, Zach Granke was there for a little bit before he left. Um, McCall- pretty good, pretty McCullers. Too. The, yeah, their bullpen's Presley. been good. Yep. Um, but it's crazy that just a coach, I because th- I really do think it's a lot of it has to do with him. It's crazy that a coach can come in and make that much of a difference in just a month. Um, it's been evident, though. Yeah, even, even some of the like lesser known bullpen pieces. No way, Ramirez is pitching really well. He's got a one point eight zero before today. Yeah. That was his ERA. I don't know couple, what it is now. Give him a couple runs. Today. Well, I think those belong to Gallon, though. Oh yeah, you're right. Or did he give up more? Uh, no, he no, might have given up. I think more he too. gave up a third run after that. Yeah, I think you're right. Two more. I don't remember. Um, but Kyle Nelson. Pretty low, two point zero eight ERA, and his yeah. his whips Joe, under one. Joe Mantiply has Joe been Mantiply. really good. Honestly, he hasn't given up a run yet. Honestly, like the only relievers that I can think of off the top of my head without looking up their numbers that really struggled were Oliver, basically Oliver Perez. Yeah, and that's why he got DFA. Yeah, and it's I don't know it's, that and the fact that he's like fifty years just, old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. He'll latch onto a contender and be awesome. Will he though? He's so know. old. I feel he's like he's so will. old. Papa Perez. I feel like somebody will take a flyer on him. Um, but a lot of it too, like Madison Bumgarner, all of a sudden is this just like this shut down guy again. Here's what I'm worried about though. Oh no! Because these what? numbers, because we talked about, you know, you're still walking a ton of guys. Guys are making contact. The bullpen still has a batting average against of two seventy two, the worst in the league. Even with guys like Mad Bum, who have been really good, and Merrill Kelly, who's been pretty good, and to some degree Zach Gallon, although he's been really impressive, I'm just worried that if the contact continues the way it is, that eventually those guys are going to drive each yeah. other in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's only sustainable as long as your defense holds up. And not every hit is equal, you know what I mean? Like sometimes if the ball just goes over the wall, you can't do anything about it, you know? Right. And so uh, if the contact rate doesn't go down, I'm a little concerned, even with the good ERAs. Yeah, and like you're saying, the the Diamondbacks' defense has been questionable at best. um, At one, I don't know what the stat is now, but I know last week they, you know, were leading the league in errors. Yeah, um, I don't know where they're at now, but I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, it's it, they they just need to stop walking people. I know it's easier said than done. Like, hey, just 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 don't walk people anymore. It's it's a lot easier said than done. But man, like, and thinking about it, they really don't have anybody on their on their starting pitching staff anyway. That you know what? Honestly, their whole pitching staff, to be honest, not a lot of guys with swing and miss stuff. Zach Gallen might be the only one that has true swing and miss stuff. I mean, like, J.B. Wendelkin throws decently hard. Ian Kennedy throws decently hard. But, like, Mark Melanson doesn't throw very hard. No. Um, 
Noe Ramirez certainly doesn't throw hard at all. Joe Mantiply doesn't throw hard. Merrill Kelly, no. Bumgarner, Humberto Castellanos, not. Zach Davies doesn't throw hard at all. You so know, it's 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 kind a of a point. lot of guys that don't throw hard and just are kind. They're they're really hope. That's why this team, and that's why I'm I'm sure it was frustrating beyond belief for Tori Lovello. They have to rely on their defense to be good a lot because their guys are don't have swing and miss stuff, and there are a lot of contact guys, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of guys on their team that have swing and miss stuff. They've got a lot of them in the minors. Now, I know, talking about prospects is a whole other ballgame. Corbin Martin, I guess, does. He throws decently hard. Yeah, he's got some good stuff, no doubt about it. I mean, like Tyler Gilbert has gotten, I think, one start to this point, and he doesn't, I don't even think he throws 90, um, but he's a little bit on the on the lower end of the uh, Through starting no hitters. hitters. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what everyone's going to remember him for, right, at this point. Um, it is a little interesting that they keep continuing to rotate out that fifth spot. Uh, I think we, we've seen, what, Castellanos most recently. Gilbert was in there, you mentioned. Corbin Martin might have gotten a start. No, he's been in the bullpen the whole time, I think. Um, but yeah, they, they do. They are seemingly trying to find that fifth guy that's going to fit into this uh, rotation. I'm like you. I wish it was Corbin Martin. It looks like they have other plans for him, though. Yeah. But why? I don't know. I want him in the starting rotation. <laughs> I know, I do too. I want him there, Tori. Please. Please. I'm trying to look up the uh, errors thing that you brought up earlier. Uh, the most errors in baseball. Well, there's the least errors. The most <laughs> Filter errors- it the other way. Here we go. The most errors in Major League Baseball this season. Three teams tied for first place. Can you name them? Number Ooh. one. Is it the D-backs number? The Diamondbacks okay. are tied for first. All right. Thought so. 21 errors. Um, the other One of them you'll get. The other one I don't think so. It's literally the other worst team in baseball last year. The Orioles? The Baltimore Orioles. And then the other one is the Chicago White Sox. Really? Interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't think of them as a great fielding team. No, yeah, I'm thinking who they have. Like yeah, Eloy like, Jimenez. Like, I don't yeah. think Luis Robert is that good of... Tim Anderson. Okay. Anderson's pretty good. Bone to pick. <laughs> oh, you do? I have Tim Anderson on one of my fantasy teams, and it's a it's a league that charges... It's a head-to-head points league, and it charges negative one for each error. He made uh, four errors in one game, oh, wow. and he had negative four points. I'm like, okay, dude, get out, DH... Bye bye. He's one of those guys. I feel like there's a got a lot of talent and can be really good. I but man, like he had a bad game. We're in an era where there's a bunch of flashy shortstops, maybe some second basemen. Yeah, where they're really flashy and you would call them a really good fielder, but really they're not that good. Javier at Baez, Baez Jazz is one. Chisholm. Tatis is one. Tatis, oh my goodness. Where he's not really that great Tatis, of a fielder overall. When he back when he was healthy last year was like he was leading the league in errors at one point. Great, uh, like you would look at him and you'd be like, he's got a great glove, but like he doesn't really have arm accuracy, right? Which is a big part of your fielding ability. And they're all really flashy guys, though. Yeah, but like I wouldn't call them great fielders. So I don't know. Maybe you throw him in that category. Um no, I'm with you on the pitching staff. I think Brent Strom has been a godsend. Uh, obviously, he's got such a great track record in Houston and what he was able to do with that staff. And look at all the good young pitchers coming up through their system yeah. right now. They've let Garrett Cole walk. They've let others walk, certainly. They let Zach Greinke walk. Um, Verlander's just, still there. And they just continue to reload. So I, I think that's I think a good too, testament to him. Just specifically towards Madison Bumgarner, do you remember last year when Mad Bum said that kind of like cryptic comment about the game plan when with Matt Hurgis and all yeah. that. Remember that? Where yeah. it was like, yeah, it just wasn't... I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was kind of just like they it, the game plan just wasn't really, you know, uh, uh, organized to my needs or whatever, you know? I think Brent Strom... Th- okay, not to be mean or anything, but the man is old. He's an older guy. I think he's more old school... And that is something that Madis- that agrees with Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, something that clicks. But I think also the strength with Brentstrom is that he can dabble in both. I think he dabbles in analytics just enough, and he's also enough old school for a guy like Madison Bumgarner, who's just this good old country boy that just wants to throw the ball. You know, I just want to throw. The- I just want to pitch. I uh, like he rides bulls. I went on- to try to find that moment. I went on Twitter and I just typed oh, in geez. Bumgarner game plan. And the first tweet that pops up is from uh, Eno Saris, uh, 2015. 
2015. Quote, quote, I don't have a game plan when I go out there. there That's you a go. quote from Madison Bumgarner. There you go. He just likes to <laughs> he likes to get out there. He likes to let the game flow and that dictates how he pitches. Situational things that happen dictates how he pitches. I think with Matt Herges and company last year and the year before that in 20 in in 2020 when Mad Bum also struggled, I think they were trying to get way too analytical with him. I think they were trying to do all this stuff on a computer, and that was not for a guy like Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner is like the oldest 32-year-old I've ever seen. Like, he just seems like he hate he would hate, like, he probably has a flip phone. You and I are within, like, two years of him. I'm, I'm going to turn 30. And I feel like a little boy. I'm turning 30 this month. I'm turning 30 this month. Wow. And so I'm, yeah, Madison Bumgarner feels like he could be my grandpa. You're so old. I know. Just I have me. a I'm... freaking gray hair no. on my beard. Oh, dude, I've got plenty of them. I am not okay with this. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. Uh, at least your facial hair comes incomplete. Mine, That's mine true. Doesn't. I do have a pretty... I, I need to shave, though. I can't connect my mustache I'm and my all beard. Sc- I'm so scruffy right now. I know now. this is kind of like a radio format, so like I have to describe it to you, but I can't get the connection. You don't have the between mustache the... to the beard? No. The Fu Manchu So goatee. I can't effectively do a goatee either. I'm telling you, when I was in eighth grade, it didn't come in either. After that, it came in. <laughs> Rub it in. Anyway, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> he's an. But like, you're right though. He's an adult. Speaking of beards, he has like a pretty, that guy. He's a pretty good one going. That guy's this been year. around forever. I know. Like he's, his beard is really pointy now. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, it is. It's like it's super pointy. This, like long, not quite mountain man like no, duck like, dynasty but, but like that's a thing now so i uh this is a little inside baseball but like i work on a new show with a guy named chad benson nationally he's syndicated. got his little he's well yeah twirly he's, mustache he's now. got the raleigh fingers mustache yeah. going nowadays but he also he has a very pointy it. beard it looks good on him though if you look at his beard it's very pointy yeah. and i'm like ooh, that's like doesn't madison Baumgartner though strike you as a guy that has a flip phone if he has a phone at all. If he has <laughs> I'm not even sure he has a phone, to be honest. Um I, yeah, anyway, getting yeah, back probably. to getting <laughs> getting back to Brent Stroud, I really think that's the whole thing. I think that's what legitimately has turned Madison Bumgarner around this year. Is the I, I really I believe this. I don't know for a fact. I haven't spoken to anybody about it, but I think Matt Herges was trying way too hard to get Madison Bumgarner to buy into analytics, which is weird because Matt Herges was in San Francisco with Madison Bumgarner, so you'd think he would know how Mad Bum likes to go about things, maybe? I know he wasn't the pitching coach. Well, he was the bullpen coach there. Not to, but, not, yeah. not, not to like overly support Matt Herges or anything. Clearly, there were issues there in the bullpen last year, but... How much of that was his say? I mean, I don't know. Did the organization try to push analytics on a on a coaching staff that wasn't super into it? Well, obviously, I don't know. it's not just Matt Herges. It's also you know Tori Lovello. It's also I think they have assistant pitching coaches too. And then yeah, there is the front office that's like, hey, do it this right. way, do this. So maybe they figured out. You know what? And Brent Strom is experienced enough, and I think he would just tell people like, I know what I'm doing. Let me handle this. And I think that's what's happened. I think he's gone at specifically Madison Bumgarner with, hey, we're not going to get too heavy with analytics. We're just going to go out there and you do what you do best and just get guys out. And, of course, they have a game plan. You have to have a game plan going into games. But I think it's not having as much to do with analytics. now. And I think also he can go to the other guys like Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen and Zach Davies and use analytics with them because that might – you know, work with those guys, but it, I don't think it works as well with Madison Bumgarner, and he's kind of found that happy medium with this whole pitching staff. I think it's way too early for me to be asking this, so I'm going to ask it. Great! If, if these three starting <laughs> pitchers, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Gallen, are pitching at the same or similar numbers come June and July. Mm-hmm. And the team right now, as it stands, is 11 and 13. So just below 500, they are in fifth place out of five in the division. <laughs> if that's the case come June, Merrill Kelly and Madison Bumgarner are both over 30. Zach Gallen, I don't think you're going to trade. but Oh, you're well, asking you, these questions? I'm asking you this question. Oh, my goodness. If Merrill Kelly is the ace of your staff and has an ERA sub-2 or even sub-3 in June and July... Do you look to move that guy? 
if you can get significant pieces in return? Because this team ain't contending this season, right? These guys are pitching great right now, no, and they're still in fifth place. No, because their offense has not been good enough. Um, they can't. I mean, they're 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 playing better as of late. They won a series since we've last done a episode. They've won a series over the Dodgers. They split with the Cardinals. Both two teams three, were in yeah. first place. Um, I don't think that you're gonna get very much if if we're gonna go down this road. I already did so. <laughs> Sorry, we can't go back. I have no. I'm in the passenger seat. No, but I mean, um, like, it's a trend, right? Yeah. And if it continues, you got to make that decision. I, I think. I don't think you'd get a ton for Madison Bumgarner. The contract just because makes it difficult. his he's 32 years old. Yeah. He's a pitcher who's 32 years old. Let yeah. me preface that. And he's making 23 million dollars this year, 23 next year, and then 14 in 2024. It's a lot. So he, you'd have to, you'd have to be willing to keep him. For two more years, but Granky had a lot left on his deal, and you got but, four players that yeah, ended up being. But you traded him to the Astros, who weren't you know they didn't even need him to be their ace, right? I mean, they still had Garrett Cole. No, but what if the Giants come calling? I know trading within a division is a big no-no in any sport, but what if the Giants? And we talked about this at the trade deadline last year. I said the same thing. What if the Giants come calling and they're willing to take a little bit? What if they say, "Hey, you, the D-backs, pay a little bit of the salary off." And we'll give you some stuff. Or we take on the whole salary and we give you nothing. And you get out of the contract. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to... We have to, plenty of time to you'd evaluate You'd have to this, consider but. that, you know, if they're willing to give you some pieces and take some money. But, I mean, we talked about it last time. I mean, Mike Hazen's trade track record hasn't been great lately. So, I'll I, counter I don't that. know. I'll counter that. Mike Hazen's track record or at least this regime's track record of trading guys away, major league talent away for prospects, no good. Yeah. Trading Bringing four guys players, in. they've been great. Yeah. The J.D. Martinez trade might be one of the best in the history Zach of the Gallen. game. The, uh, Zach Gallen trade. That's a 50-50 yeah. one because Jazz Chisholm looks like he's going to be pretty good. He's one of the more exciting players um, in baseball. Yeah. But Gallen's also your best pitcher yeah. in terms of talent. And then the Granky trade where you got Outside of Bukowskis, you've got three major league players that are on your yeah, team right now. But that's trading away major league talent for essentially major prospects. League, but, yeah. I'm going the other direction. I'm saying acquiring talent. J.D. Martinez was great. Mm-hmm. Acquiring Starling Marte was great. Cattell. Granted, you flipped him for Caleb Smith. Cattell Marte. Uh, Cattell Marte, who was a, basically a throw-in from the Taiwan Walker end of the deal. Escobar. Escobar. Good point. They're really good at going out and getting a guy. I when almost they need forgot a guy. about Eduardo. Yeah, I almost forget that, was that he great was pickup. he was a trade. He was leading the major leagues in doubles at yeah. the time they acquired him. So they're really good at going and getting a guy. Now, they're not very good at trading guys away for prospects. Mer- Merrill Kelly, I'm looking at his contract right now. He's on a pretty good deal for how he's pitching right now. Oh, he's on a great. He's deal. making he's making five point two five million this year. And then he's under contract um, for $8 million the next two years, so through 2024. And then there's a $7 million club option for 2025. Merrill Kelly's is 33. I didn't think he was that old. See, that's where you got to start so he'll thinking. Be, he'll be 35 at the end of his deal if you don't pick up a club option on him in 2025, where he'll be 36. Because, I mean, so let's be honest. Merrill Kelly has shown flashes of yeah. what he's doing right now. Yeah. Now, the difference is he's been doing this for almost a month. Yeah. Or actually, uh, right about a month. That's the difference. If he can continue to do it for the next two months, then you start to look at it as, okay, is this an opportunity for us to flip a 33-year-old who's probably not in our big picture championship team three, four, five years down the road, mm-hmm. You know, where we're talking about Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas are in the outfield, and Varsho's out there, and Paven Smith's on the squad. and like that's, that's the future down the road, right? Yeah. Merrill Kelly's probably not on that team. Probably not. Although they got a good contract for him for the next three years. Sure. So if he continues to pitch the way he is right now, then that contract's looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if that's the situation and you get to the deadline and nobody's willing to give you the package you want, you yeah. feel fine. And it's you're not, like we got control. And We're it's fine. not like he's like a flamethrower who you're no. worried about his velocity dropping as he gets to his thirty five. Merrill Kelly throws at best probably ninety three. Maybe he can touch ninety four. He's a bit of a finesse pitcher. In the mold of, uh, it's not to the same degree, but like Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. He's not going to overpower you, but no. he's really good at placing stuff. Right. 
So stuff that's moves. how he'll beat you. And but honestly, too, another thing about Brent Strom, these guys are throwing harder again. Madison Bumgarner's velocity has has come back a little bit. He's east over eighty nine now. Remember in twenty twenty, I mean, well, twenty twenty again. Asterisk. I choose for to avoid that year. Uh, but like his, it, even last year, his velocity was around what eighty eight to eighty nine. Yeah, he's like ninety ninety one again. We were on fastball watch. Yeah. Nothing beats Granky Velo watch, though. You'd be texting me during spring training games. Did you see? Did you see? He hit 90. 90! Okay, dude. <laughs> Get the party favors ready. 90! <laughs> Get the breaking news sounder! <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's another thing with... Because that happened in Houston. When these guys got to Houston, like Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole threw hard. They always did. Before yeah. they got to Houston. But it seemed like... And Charlie Morton kind of, too. But it seemed like every time these guys would go to Houston, like... The Astros coaching staff was like, "Hey, hey, hey, Garrett, why don't you throw a hundred? Does that sound it? Does that sound good to You're you? Like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, I guess that would be okay. That'd sure, be cool, yeah, yeah, why not? Hundred, hundred, hundred. Charlie Morton, you know you have a one of the deadliest curveballs in the league. Why don't you throw a hundred miles an hour too? Okay, great. One of the one of the I don't know. It just seems like a thing that maybe Brent Strom's this." Velocity wizard, and oh, he's, he's looking at these films like, hey, if you just do this differently, you're going to get extra velo on your fastball. I said it earlier. He's been a godsend for he's the Diamondbacks, great. and they're pitching much, much better. We've mentioned too. I mean, it's the bullpen still has its struggles, certainly with the worst ERA in the league. Or the no, offense too. Sorry, ERA is fourth worst in the league, but the batting average against is the worst in the league. I, there's not as much talent in the bullpen as there is in the rotation, and there's not a ton in the rotation either, but. At least Merrill Kelly, we know, has shown flashes of being this good, so I'm not yeah. as shocked that he's this good for the last month. Bumgarner, we all know he's been one of the best in the game at one point in time. It's just that it's been like five or six years since then. Yeah, and we and, know how talented Zach Gallon yeah, is. Yeah, and Gallon, who's their best pitcher. Yeah. So I'm not totally shocked, but I'm really happy to see it because the inconsistency was getting really annoying. Right. And also, I have no <laughs> idea what the deal is with Luke Weaver. So Remember, he was supposed to be in this rotation, but... Oh, I have no update for you. That people. elbow, still an elbow injury. He's still out. Yeah, I'm I haven't th- heard a single thing about him. I'm thinking he's he not was, a. I'm thinking I, he's not a Diamondback. I, I haven't seen like I, you know, I get emails with the, you know game notes and all that stuff in it, and I haven't seen a single thing about Luke Weaver. I'm not trying to like speculate this guy off the team or whatever, but like I just I can't see a scenario right now where he's on the squad next year. I don't know what he provides that they don't get elsewhere. So that's just where I'm at with Luke Weaver. Um, To other angles going on with the Arizona Diamondbacks right now, um, credit to our good friend Luke Lipinski from uh, the Wolf and Luke show for coming up with this moniker, but uh, the beer has completely gone flat. Um, and Usually that, <laughs> cold beer is good. Yeah, right. Usually, but it's not this time. Seth Beer, who we talked about uh, just two weeks ago, we were trying to angle for him to get more opportunities because he wasn't playing every day, but he was the only good hitter in the lineup at the yeah. time. He's gone completely cold at this point. In the last two weeks, 7 oh, for boy. 42, a 167 average. I'm looking in his last seven games. He's 0 for 23. In his last twenty, in his last twenty three at bats, no good. Ofer. He's down now. Remember, remember, he was hitting four hundred like last week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, two weeks ago in April, things can happen like that sure. because you have such a small sample size. You go cold for a week, and all of a sudden, your batting average looks terrible. The and another disappointing thing too, like yeah, he's not getting any hits, but like, still only got the one home run on opening day. Yeah. He's, Did we overreact to the opening day? Dramatics, I think we totally did. I mean, we all, everybody did. Well, I mean, he it's was not our fault. Hitting well at the time, yeah. So I thought he should be in the lineup every day. He didn't play today, um, but I mean, I don't know. By the way, even with all Maybe these struggles, he still has what the third best batting average on the team. He's down to two thirty eight now, so which is probably yeah, pretty high. <laughs> well, I think Paven Smith was in the two fifties, and oh, Nick see. Ahmed's in the three hundreds, but he's only been back for out. a week. I could. I'm willing to bet out. Seth Beer still has like the third highest batting average of players that play almost every day. That's my guess based on where he's currently at. He's, I know you're he's currently up. first. First in batting average. Well, Nick Ahmed hasn't qualified yet, right? I don't think so. So I'm looking at the MLB app on the D, the stats on there. Okay, Beer is one at 238. Varsho is 231. Peralta 227. 
Marte, 151, and then Walker, 148. Where's Pavin? Not on there, I guess. Is he not qual- Does he not play enough? Maybe not. Oh, I mean, Marte and Walker have been playing every day. I'm pretty sure Pavin's part. hitting like 258, or at least before today's game. I don't know if he played today or whatever. He did not um, play today. Okay, well then I think he's in 258, but I could be wrong about I that. I can figure that out right now. Um, we have technology, Steve. Regardless. I can figure it out. Regardless, though. He's hitting 258, yeah, I know but that. he has 62 at-bats. Okay. So I don't think he's just... He, like, Cattell Marte, Cattell Marte has 86 at-bats. I'd like to see Seth Beer get out of his funk, obviously. Um, it's hard when you don't have a position. Like, sometimes I feel like... I just like, want to root for him. Yeah. I, just, I want, I I want him to be so good because I, his last name is Beer. I feel Isn't like that when you, sad? I feel like when you have a defensive position, though, it's easier to be like, okay, you know what? I just got to not think about the at-bats for a minute and just focus in on my defense. Let's, let's do that, and then the hitting will come. Yeah. But when you're just a DH... And your whole job is to hit, and you just can't do it. Doesn't that get in your head a little bit? Yeah, like that's all you're supposed to do. Like there, when you go back to the bench, there's nothing else to that's think about. That's your job. There's nothing else to think you about. You had literally one job, and you can't do get it. You just hit. can't seem yeah. to do it. But I mean, again, he's a good baseball player. We know that the dramatics of opening day. Sure, we overreacted, but like he is a good player, and he can have good at bats. Uh, he's just in a funk for the last two weeks or so. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a rough go for the for the offense still. I mean, I'm that's depressing just looking at those batting averages. Seth Beer, who hasn't had a hit in his last 7 games, is still leading the team in batting average, 238. Man, like you mentioned Nick Ahmed, right? Nick Ahmed's hitting 296 since he's come back. Yeah, he's been he's great. got three homers. He had three home runs. He's already tied for third in home runs on the team. Yeah, I was going to say Christian Walker's probably number one. Walker has five for first place on the team. Varsho has four. Ahmed and Peralta have three. Hummel and Luplo. Luplo, too, has come back and been okay. He had two um, homers yesterday. Hummel and Yeah, there, there they are. Hummel and Luplo have two. And then, you know, Alcantara has one, Beer, Davidson, Marte, McCarthy, and Paven Smith all have one. Nick Ahmed, uh, happy to have him back. Glad that they have shortstop kind of figured out at this point. I mean, yeah. I, I like Perdomo. It, he just hasn't hit. It's still at the point, too, though, where they're not having Ahmed play every day because they don't want him to re-injure his shoulder. Sure. So we're still going to see Perdomo. Um, I still want to see a lot of Perdomo. Um, it's good that he's still – he's not really hitting very well. But, I mean, that's the part of his game that hasn't really – developed yet he's still good on defense and there it looks like until josh rojas comes back they're gonna have him play third too that's um, good actually i think that he's the been positional playing, flexibility he's been playing help. some third base um i think when rojas comes back alcantara probably gets sent down to triple a um he's got a decent glove alcantara but he just doesn't really hit very well does he have minor league options i'm not even sure if I, that, don't I, don't, I have no idea i, I have no reason to believe know. he doesn't i just I couldn't remember if they picked him up when somebody else DFA'd him or no. They traded for him. Is um, that a trade? Yeah, they, Cubs, right? Yeah, with the Cubs, they sent cash to the Cubs. For okay, him. okay. So he probably. I don't have... think he had. I don't think he had been DFA'd before that, though. Okay, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's and it sounds like Josh Rojas isn't too far away. Um, today, Tori Lovello um, was on the the radio pregame show and said that. Um, Rojas had been playing in extended spring training. He got seven at-bats today, played seven innings at third base, and he's going to go out on a rehab assignment to Reno. So I don't know how long he'll be in Reno for, um, but, I mean, the D-backs are in Miami for the next two days, then they have an off day on Thursday, and then they're at home for um, uh, a series of the Rockies. So You never wanna, you know what I never really understood? What? Uh, first of all, I have I really have no comprehension of how extended spring training really works. But like you talk about, he had seven at bats today, right? In seven innings, what's holding them back from giving him like a hundred at bats today? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like saying uh, I went to They're the basketball not gym to re-injure him, Steve. I went to the basketball gym and I got I got ten shots up. You know what I mean? Like, what was stopping you from taking a hundred shots? Like, why could I understand that he's playing in an actual game and you can't physically have ten at bats in a game for one player? But like, what's stopping you from just like getting in the cage and throwing a like a, another pitcher out there and just like, all right, let's just simulate a bunch of stuff. 
It's like, or maybe they do do that. And I have no idea. Even real. It's like those. It's like those sim games. Why do the other guys have to play? Remember, they would have like in the sim games during spring training. They're like, well, I didn't really like that at bat. Can we get another at bat this inning? It doesn't really. Or they like real. Or they like throw strike three, and you're like, okay, restart. Yeah. Then you just like go back to one and one or whatever. Rewind. Take that strike away. We could do church league softball (laughs) rules where it's one and one at the start of every at bat. Um, but it'll be good to have Josh Rojas back. Get consistency at third. Yeah, I was gonna say get that position solidified. It's it's been a it's been a lot of guys so far. It's been it's been uh, Alcantara. It's been Yanni Hernandez. Matt Davidson came up and played a few games. There. I'm a Matt Davidson fan. Yeah, he, I mean he's not great, but I like the story. The fact that he was here like over a decade ago. Yeah. The fact that he was essentially a pitcher for a hot minute, <laughs> and then back to third base. I, I like him as a story. Okay. I know he's not. Well, a he got great DFA today, so he's certainly not a third baseman. He's he's probably no, a first baseman or DH. Yeah, so but, I'm with you on that. Yeah. By the way, it's great to have uh, Rojas coming back because it'll add a much needed left-handed bat to this line. Oh yeah, they are. They don't have any of those, right? <laughs> I'm glad you picked I up on my sarcasm. I haven't seen a team with more switch hitters than this Diamondbacks team. With more? There's so many on this team. There's so many of them. Cattell, Cooper, Hummel. Hold on, wait. I'll I'll get it. Okay, I'll let you. I'm holding up fingers. Hopefully, Perdomo. Is he a switch hitter? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Alcantara. Oh, okay. I didn't realize he was a switch hitter. Who am I missing? I think Yanni Hernandez was also one. Oh, was he here anymore? He wasn't. He wasn't here for very long. But okay, that's five. Yeah. Was there more? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I guess that's that's a a lot. lot. I guess that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. When you only have like 13 or 14 Ahmed, position players. Ahmed, Walker, and Luplo are like their only actual right-handed hitters. That's correct. Uh, Carson Kelly. And Carson Kelly. I forgot yeah, about Carson, Carson Kelly. Kelly. Who, by the oh my goodness, Carson Kelly. Hey, he has five hits, I think. All season, <laughs> yeah. He's hitting, I think he's hitting right at 100 right He had now. a hit today, so that was a good start to this Okay, month. maybe it went up then. Um no, listen, dude. Most of this lineup has been rough. Cattell Marte's not exactly it. Carson cover Ke- off the ball. Carson Kelly's hitting one thirteen. Yeah, he's six for fifty three. Yeah, he's got one RBI. It's rough. And he was like, he was going through this whole thing. I don't know if you watched any of these games, but like in uh, where were they at? Washington, I think it was. He wore like some goggles for a minute. Like he was wearing some like it looked like yellow tinted goggles during a night game. So I don't think they were sunglasses. So were his eyes messed up? I don't know. I, I and he he hit a ball hard after he put them on. He didn't get a base hit, but he hit a ball hard. And I'm like, okay, keep wearing them, I guess. And then he stopped wearing them. I don't know. Maybe his contacts fell out or something. Maybe he's just know. one of those cool guys that likes to wear glasses indoors. There's nothing cool about that. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I guess I was being a little facetious. You one of those guys? No, definitely not. Oh my gosh, I'm inside. Light's still too bright on me. The no, spotlight's still too not. bright on Steve's Insmeister. I'm definitely not that guy. Hollywood Brown, he feels like he might be the guy he likes to wear He's going to have to be the guy. Well, yeah, that's The guy. Too. We're not that podcast. We're the other one. We're the baseball podcast. Listen to Cardinals Corner, by the way, with <laughs> Eric Ruby and Tyler I'm sure Drake. they covered it. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm going to text them right now and make sure that they covered glasses indoors and uh, make sure they get on that. Um Something kind of national we didn't really get to touch on much of last week because I was sicko. Um, yeah, way to go. We Miguel Cabrera, so 3,000 hits. So cool. Uh, where does he rank among the all-time great hitters of our generation? Oh, so, like, oh. turn of the century. Oh. I, I think Who I know Who does that include? I can tell you where that includes. Okay, you me. go ahead, yes. Albert Pujols. Yes. Mike Trout. Ichiro. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that come to mind. I mean, obviously, Barry Bonds had a great couple of years yeah, at the like, beginning of the turn of like the century. Like when we were kids, it was Ken Griffey Jr. Right, and, guys who were in the 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah. Griffey, okay. certainly. Tomei, Frank Thomas, those kind of guys. Barry Bonds. I mean, the steroid guys. Yeah. A-Rod. Yeah, A-Rod. A-Rod, sure. A-Rod is a 2000s guy, though. Yeah, I, I would say I so. I just can't stand A-Rod. I know. Well, he's person. not doing himself any favors in the broadcast career. I liked his videos he used to oh. do for ESPN, but in the booth, he's Dude, just he's awful. he's so bad. He's just he's awful. He's so bad. Um, Miggy, though, I mean, what he's I like- He's up there, man. What I like about Miggy is you would be shocked. I think most people would be shocked to know that he went to Detroit in 2008. I know. Like, it was he's that long ago. He's been there 
solely has he been there longer than he's been than he was in Miami? Has he uh, been there oh, longer? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he came up in what, oh three? He was a rookie on that World Series team, wasn't he? I think he? so, yeah. So yeah. Pretty he was, he was pretty soon after he came so up. So five yeah. give or take five years in my in, in Florida back then, Miami, Florida. Um and then ever since that he's been in Detroit, right? That's crazy. And that's crazy. And been, been one of long. the best hitters in the league ever since. I mean, the, the last three years he's been kind of down. The dude won the triple crown. Not which that were, long ago either. Which we're never going to see anyone do that ever again. You don't think so? I don't I, I don't know. I don't think so. Vladdy? With how guys... He might be the closest. Uh, he might be the closest to doing it, yeah. Trout could do it if he stayed healthy for, for a full year. I don't think Otani can do it because it, uh, he doesn't hit for a very good average. I mean, his MVP year last year, his average wasn't great. He uh, Otani struck out a lot last yeah. year. B- Bryce Harper has never really hit for a good average. It's Bellinger about, might not even all, be a, ba- a baseball player anymore. It's all about sure. the average. It's all about the batting average. I mean, yeah, guys, you're right. guys are going to hit home runs and drive it. Because you don't have to hit a certain amount of home runs or a certain amount of RBI. You just have to be first in those categories. But to win the Triple Crown, you have to... You have to have a good batting average, and guys now are trying to, you know, like maybe the approach has changed a little bit, but for a while there, it was everyone was trying to hit a home run. What was the tunneling, that tunneling stuff that JD Martinez kind of made popular after he hit fifty home runs in the second half of twenty seventeen? Right, and all the D backs were trying to do it, and then they realized that's dumb and only works for JD. Um, anyway, uh, but like people were just trying to hit home runs all the time, and so the averages are way down. I don't think a triple. I don't think we're ever going to see a triple crown winner, at least not for a while. I think I agree with you. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a guy that could do it. He could um, doesn't mean he will. Mike Trout, if he stayed healthy for a full year, could do it. Um, but that's again, that's kind of asking a lot of him at this point. I, I, that that and I don't think we're ever going to see another starting pitcher win three hundred games. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Guys don't go deep into games anymore. They just yeah. don't. No, there's a lot of stats that are probably impractical yeah. going forward. Even, I mean, even the save numbers. Is anybody going to get to 600 saves again? No. Probably not. No. 700 the, home runs. The closer for saves, the closer is so just like, there's not even, there's maybe a handful of teams that have a quote unquote closer. That that guy is only in for save opportunities now. To that, your, that's just kind of an obsolete position. To your point about batting average, I read a statistic. I think it was this. There's only three players in the history of baseball that have 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and hit 300 for their career. Pujols? No. He doesn't have 3,000 hits yet, does he? Uh, I think he does. Does he? But he, No, his batting average is 297. <laughs> he was the closest. Oh, he man. was the closest. Okay, so it's, it's three, three guys? guys. 500 home runs. All time? 3, 000, all time. 3,000 hits. And hit 300 for their career or higher. Three guys. Griffey never got to 3,000 hits. He was hurt too much. Griffey is not one of them. I is it like it's... really old? Uh, like Babe Ruth? I mean, no, not that old, but they're old. I mean, well, at least one, if not both, are dead. <laughs> well, there's, okay, there's three guys. Two of them are old. One of them is pretty obvious in the context of this Miguel discussion. Cabrera. Yes, Miguel Cabrera is one, is of, one of them. That's what shocked me Are so much. Are the other guy like Willie Mays or Willie something? Willie Mays. Yeah, Willie Mays. And the other one, he died last year when his team won the World Series. Oh, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, wow. and Miguel Cabrera, the only three different. Wow. That's what I read. I don't know. Wow. I, I didn't do the research myself. But. Pools might end up there. If Does Pools have 3,000 yeah, hits? Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, he's got 3,000 hits. He's just hitting 297 for his career, I think is what it was. And you know how hard it is to uptick a career batting average. There's so many at bats. Yeah, and he's not going to get as no, many there. You'd have to hit like 700 this season to, <laughs> <laughs> to get that thing up there. I'm just guessing, but yeah. Well, Pujols is way over 3,000 hits. He's yeah. got 3,310 hits. Yeah, he's yeah, he's hey, you're right, 297. I think like if oh man, if we're talking about this generation of player, I think Albert Pujols is probably the best overall hitter. In our generation, Miguel Cabrera is right there with yeah. him, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Pools, I think it's because Pools started so much hotter. He won, 
I mean, he he, was, he won Rookie of the Year, and he didn't win MVP the same year. No, he won Rookie of the Year that was in 2001, and that team played the Diamondbacks in the playoffs that year. He was a left fielder back then. Maybe, okay, maybe I'll make this case. Ichiro was the best contact hitter of this generation. Pujols was the best power hitter of this generation. Miguel Cabrera was the best overall hitter. Like, well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. And Pujols is right there in that same conversation. And then Mike Trout is probably the greatest talent yeah. of this generation. In, in 2001, Albert Pujols won the Rookie of the Year, but he, he finished fourth in MVP voting. I mean, my goodness. And remember, he's 21 years old. Remember, he goes to the Angels, signs like a 10, 12 year contract, whatever yeah. it was. Yep. And he wasn't that good for he a long time good. with the Angels. And imagine if that half of his career, because I think it is, I think he spent almost exactly the same amount of time in LA as he did with the Cardinals. Imagine if he did what he did with the Cardinals again in LA. Imagine what his career numbers would be. Right now, we'd be talking about a, a new home run champ. That's yeah. probably where we'd be right now. I honestly think, too, I think Ken Griffey Jr., if he had stayed healthy, he dealt with a lot of injuries. If Ken Griffey Jr. The ceiling had, is the roof. If, if he had stayed healthy, he'd probably, he probably would have beaten Barry Bonds, too, or at least would have been close. He could have. He definitely would have passed Hank Aaron, that's for sure. I don't think I – was, I was watching an MLB uh, Network segment the other day. They were talking about, will anyone ever get to 3,000 hits ever again? I don't have the list in front of me of current guys, but there's nobody. There's nobody who's going to even come close. Mike Trout just passed the halfway mark. Mm. And he's, I think he's 30 or 29 or something like and that. And he's got injury oh, He's got problems. 30, I think. He always is hurt. He's always Manny hurt. Manny Machado was the closest. Oh, really? And I think, how old is he? 28, 29? Somewhere around there? Mike Trout is 30 and he turns 31 in August. And he's halfway this there. This year. He'd have to play till he's like 42. He's got, yeah, he's got... He's not even and half, be this good. He's not even halfway. He's at fourteen hundred and forty-one. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And he just missed a full season. Yeah. Basically. His, so his career batting average is three hundred five. Yeah. No. And there's no doubt he's great. It's just if accumulating he, it's, it's stats injury. like it's this. An injury problems. It's a longevity thing. Miguel yeah. Cabrera and Albert Pujols. I mean, for the downfalls that they may have as players in today's game, athleticism mm-hmm. wise, they have longevity. Those guys have been playing forever and playing at a high level forever. Hank Aaron didn't get to 700 home runs by hitting 100 of them per season for seven years. He hit 40 home runs per season for like three decades. That's how you get accumulated stats like that. If Derek Jeter was more of a home run hitter, his career batting average was 310. Yeah. But I mean, he had, had 3,400 hits. Uh, do you have the home run total in front of you? Because I'm guessing it's south of. 300. 260. Yeah, 260. He's never a home run hitter. No. He's a line drive hitter. Except for, I think it's 3,000th hit was a home run. It was. Yeah. It was a grand slam, I think. Opposite field? I want to say no, he, he hit that oppo. It. I can I can see it in my head. Okay. His last... His last hit was his a His last double? hit was a walk-off single, single in the okay. last like game of the year. That was opposite. The last home game of the year. Yeah, that was a yeah. RBS. Because I remember everyone field. thinking like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what Total he Total Derek Jeter. Anyway, wanted to kind of touch on that because yeah, I know we I, didn't get the chance to. I don't, and I don't think we're going to see, like, what, what is Nolan Ryan still the all-time strikeout leader? Yeah, I would think so. So That's the number he holds? I that's not a Cy Young. No, Cy Young's the wins total. Yeah. And that's untouchable at this point. Yeah, Nolan Ryan will hold that. Yeah. Nobody's coming close. Jose Fernandez would have broken it. I firmly believe that. You think so, huh? R.I.P. Really? No, I don't know, but wow. I like to think that Jose Fernandez was just this otherworldly talent that passed way too soon. I mean, he did pass way too soon. That's not a doubt. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, nobody's touching the strikeout record. I don't think so. I don't think so either. At least not in the way that today's game works, especially with the way we've been seeing guys get pulled after like 75 pitches lately. I know. It's, guys it's make ridiculous. it like four and a half innings, or I guess you can't do that, four and two thirds innings, and then they're like, eh, we're just going to pull the hook. And so I really doubt that that's possible. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. Um, you can check us out every week. We try to put something out about the Arizona Diamondbacks last week. I was sick. I'm sorry. I just, we had to miss a week. That's just the way it is. What? Way to go, Steve. I, I, I'm trying to, by the, it's evidence that I hold this whole thing together. By the way, by string. the all-time strikeout leader is Nolan Ryan. At 5,714. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> There's no way. No, it's insane. There's no way. Nobody's touched him. Oh, my gosh. He was another guy who did it over longevity. No way. He's pitching into his 40s. Yeah. 
I saw an interview. All right, see, now I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, Don Mattingly, I saw an interview he did recently, and uh, they asked him who the toughest pitcher he ever faced was, and he said Nolan Ryan. He said, but I faced him at the end of his career, and I was still scared of him. He was like, he was in his 40s, and I still knew it was going to be 97 plus. That's He's like, crazy. still the scariest pitcher, even that there late is in his that career. There is that um, MLB Network did that uh, documentary about Randy Johnson. Yeah. And they, were, they had that video. Uh, an older video of when Randy was a young pitcher still in Seattle and he couldn't, he threw ridiculously hard, but he didn't know where it was going. Yeah. Zero control. And what, what did the Seattle, what did Seattle do? They brought him in with Nolan Ryan, who was still playing by the way. And Nolan Ryan basically taught him how to control his pitches. And then Nolan Ryan goes like, had I known that we were going to be in the same division for a while, I wouldn't have taught him that stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, to be honest, Nolan didn't have like elite control either. It's better than Randy's was. Uh, Yeah, it certainly was. And we're talking about the guy with the all-time strikeout record, so it's not like I'm complaining, and and I don't think he would either. And it was probably a a good guy to get because Nolan threw really hard, and so did Randy, and not a lot of guys were throwing that hard back then. Especially lefties. Yeah, yeah. Name another really hard-throwing lefty starter like that. I mean, you could name, like, Chapman. Like, Aroldis Chapman's a hard-throwing lefty. But he's a reliever. Josh Hader's a hard-throwing lefty. But those guys are not starters. No. There's not a lot of those. Even right. like guys like Garrett Crochet, they're struggling to catch on as starters. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of... Chris Sale, he, he, I guess he wasn't... He never... I mean, he threw like 95, 96 yeah. right? on his, when he's really healthy. But not a Randy Johnson, like no. 100 mile an hour fastball. Okay, right, we're sorry. actually sorry. wrapping sorry. up the podcast. Sorry. sorry. Extra bonus content this week on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Uh, thanks so much for checking it out. Uh, for Cody Fincher, I am Steve Zinsmeister. Thanks so much for listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.